Captain Butter is back at it again. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Happy Monday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you're new to the program, welcome. You may not know that every Monday we have the distinct pleasure of welcoming one of the greatest college football analysts in all the land from ESPN. He is a BYU national champion, Trevor Maddich, back on the show for another Maddich Monday. And Trevor, I'm just looking at the statistics alone from this BYU at Arkansas game. Improbable, unbelievable, probably doesn't begin to explain how the Cougars won this game. But in your opinion, how did BYU pull this thing off in Fayetteville? It seems like a minor miracle, doesn't doesn't it? But like most miracles, it had to do a lot with what BYU did. I mean, you talk about statistics. Arkansas had 424 total yards, BYU 281. You just look at that and you would think that they would have been run out of the building out there. But what they ended up doing was after weathering that initial storm where Arkansas went up 14 to nothing, BYU played relatively cleanly and they forced a lot of mistakes. And that was the big difference in this game. Penalties turnovers, mistakes, missed assignments, and sacks. So many big plays for BYU in this one. And down 14-0, certainly it, it could have been tough to come back. It's a 14-0 run. It's a BYU 17-0 run. It's an Arkansas 17-0 run. It's a BYU 17-0 run. It was an incredible swing there. What was the biggest play in the game to you? To me, the biggest play was the, uh, the trick play touchdown where you know they threw a double pass off to the right, then touchdown pass to the running back going up the opposite sideline. The reason is that kind of kick-started BYU's belief, and that stopped Arkansas's momentum. And the thing is, a lot of people think that if you have to do a trick play like that, maybe nothing else is working. Well, there's another way to look at that. Trick plays like that don't work unless the defense is overloading something. I don't want to say the word cheating, but unless they're unsound with their assignments. That's why those kinds of plays worked. So not only did it stop their momentum, start momentum for BYU. It also forced Arkansas to cover the entire field. And so I thought that play was the spark that got the whole thing going. ESPN's Trevor Maddish on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, what did this specific win teach you about this BYU football team in 2023? Resilience and belief. I mean, they, there, there was no reason for Arkansas to not run BYU out of the building with the way they started. With, you know, start out with a with a lead. They've got the momentum. Uh, they seem to be the more physical team, and BYU wasn't going to have it. And that's what this showed me, because the Cougars started making plays. And it's not that they were consistently awesome all the way through. They weren't. But when it came time to make big plays, BYU made them. If you just look at the defense, for example, Arkansas moved the ball kind of at will. But in key moments, they got pressure on the quarterback. They sacked the quarterback with the defensive line a lot of times. And on, on defense, when Arkansas kept on getting first down after first down, most of those weren't third down conversions. Most of those were bigger plays on first or second down because when it came to third down, they only converted two of 13 third down opportunities. That means that BYU defense – when Arkansas was moving the ball, when they had the opportunity to get them off the field on third down, they did every time except for two. And so those kinds of things, rising up to the moment and making the play in the moment, 
when they weren't dominating really anything else is what this BYU team kind of identified itself as here. Now they want to dominate everywhere else and they got better this week than they did than they were in the first two weeks. But I, I learned that this team is resilient. And then when it's time to make a play, they make the play. Certainly winning at Arkansas may not have been in the cards for everybody, myself included. This is an upset win. This is a bonus win on the schedule. BYU ahead of expectation, at least for me. And it seems like a lot of Cougar fans. So does this affect how you feel uh, BYU can perform this season? Is the expectation higher now for the Cougars? No, my expectation is still the same. You know, if they, if they get to a bowl game, it'll be a terrific year. If they, if they win seven games, even eight, it'll be still a terrific year because the schedule all of a sudden gets pretty tough. But at the same time, you see BYU rising each week. They're getting a little better. And if they continue to do that and get to the point to where they're really maximizing their capability, there's no reason to think BYU couldn't achieve a lot more than most people expected coming into the season. And so right now I'm thinking, okay, I still need to see certain things get better in order for them to be able to compete at the mid to higher levels of the Big 12. But you see those things starting to gel in certain ways. So I want to see those continue to gel. Now, Trevor, you mentioned the Big 12 at the bottom doesn't look as maybe tough as we thought it was when the season began. Iowa State is, frankly, in shambles. We're not sure about West Virginia still. Oklahoma State just got blown out by South Alabama, 33-7. to so where do you see BYU right now? If you were to put the Big 12 power rankings together of all 14 teams, where would you put BYU at this juncture? This juncture, I'd put them probably right below Texas Tech. Okay. Is about where I'd put them. Maybe TCU. So I would put them right kind of in the middle of the Big 12 with a chance to rise a little bit. You know, this, this opener against Kansas will tell them a lot because Kansas is one of the better teams in the Big 12. I don't consider them up there with the Texas and Oklahoma in that group, but they're very, very good. But you're right, the Big 12 really struggled this last week, and if it's not an overreaction to say that those teams are going to continue to struggle, then when you look at teams like Texas Tech that has a phenomenal offense and, and can keep up with scoring with pretty much anybody, and you look at TCU, who the impression that people have is that lost to Colorado, but the truth of it is this TCU's team is really good. I mean, they lost a lot of guys to the NFL off of last year's team that made the national championship game, but in the transfer portal, they restocked pretty well. They just didn't come together very well in the game that everybody was watching, that Colorado game. So I think that TCU is a tough team as well. But see, BYU is now kind of rising up into the realm of that level of teams with the ability to, to really belong there. And in order to do it, there's a couple of things that need to happen. First and foremost, the offensive line needs to continue to get better. The offensive line showed some signs of improvement against Arkansas. And if they continue to grow, then that's the most important thing for this team. And then also the chemistry between quarterback and receiver. Keaton Slovis made some fantastic plays. Receiver made some fantastic catches. But it was still just a 52% completion rate. And when you can't run the ball, you need to complete a lot more than that. So these are things that BYU needs to improve in order to reach some of these goals. Yeah, the way BYU won was not super clean or pretty, but welcome to the era of Power 5 football. You just have to win the game. Each week's going to be, this is not the whack in the Mountain West where sometimes BYU's putting up 50 and just blowing out fools. I don't know that we're going to see that very often. Um, the way that BYU won was impressive. You brought up some of those numbers. I want to talk about the run game because we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. 45-yard touchdown run by LJ Martin. Amazing. Outside of that, 30 carries for 32 yards. So the run game, still trying to figure it out, but hey, 
BYU won. I'd rather be talking about this in a win than a loss, Trevor. Right. Now, uh, and talking about it that way is good. I think BYU deserves the credit for good things that they did. But also, I think as a fan, it's important to understand the totality of what happened in this game. Arkansas had 14 penalties for 125 yards. They had two turnovers. BYU only had one. And in key moments, Arkansas didn't make the play BYU did. Arkansas's offensive line is, is a shambles, to use a word that you used a couple of minutes ago. And they've been trying to rotate guys in to figure out who can play offensive line for them. And that showed up because BYU, uh, in important moments, dominated their offensive line, forced a lot of penalties from that offensive line, got sacks against that offensive line. But when they face a really good offensive line, they're going to need more from the offense. And so, you know, yes, this is a great win. And, and in this era of Power 5 football, survive in advance. You don't need to impress people by blowing people out. Just win the game, right? But in order to be able to win consistently, you need to have something to hang your hat on. And if again, if you look at the offense, BYU right now, you could say what they have to hang their hat on is an occasional phenomenal catch because that's what they had. Isaac Rex would have had the catch of the game had it not been for Chase Roberts having a catch for a touchdown that ended up number one on ESPN's uh, top 10 list. I mean, it was phenomenal. Mm. But other than that, there wasn't much consistency. And so I'm really happy with this win. Survive in advance. Get the victory. But you've got to have something to hang your hat on when things are going poorly. And so, you know, this is where they need to improve on some of these things. Now, Trevor, before we get to a question about uh, one specific Cougar in the NFL, Puka Nakua, we do need to ask you your opinion on how BYU matches up with Kansas. Where would the Cougars have an advantage against the Jayhawks in their Big 12 opener? I think BYU would have an advantage in the same way that they had an advantage over Arkansas. They would have to have that advantage in discipline and playing mistake-free. Okay. Because the, the, the offense for Kansas is legit. Their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, uh, is a, uh, a kind of a dark horse Heisman candidate, a dual threat who's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country. The offensive scheme that they run is extraordinarily difficult to prepare for because they use all kinds of different options and deceptions that that give people fits. Their defense right now is, I believe, second. It's one of the, one of the best in the Big 12 at fewest yards allowed per game. And some of that can be skewed by your initial opponents. But at the same time, the, the defense of Arkansas, or excuse me, Kansas, is experienced and they've got a lot of talent there. So this is a game that BYU will need to go on the road and they'll need to win with discipline and they'll need to win with, with execution. Because from a, a talent standpoint, it's hard to see on that Kansas team a place where you can say, yeah, we're going to go get them right there. We can, we can overrun them right there. Kansas is pretty good. When you look at what Puka Nakua did, uh, <clears throat> it's amazing. We thought he'd be good and he'd have a shot. We didn't think he'd be number one in the NFL in catches through two games and number two in yards. <laughs> 15 for 147 yesterday. He's really playing the Cooper Cup role and taking it very seriously. He is, and, and he's doing it in such a physical way. I mean, he'll catch the ball down the field, but he catches a lot of passes at or near the line of scrimmage, and the defense will swarm him hit him, and he'll drive through like a running back and get yards after the catch. So he got beat up a little bit in this game against the 49ers. They are one of the best and most physical defenses in the NFL. But what impresses me is that in the first game, you know, they, they weren't sure, the defense wasn't sure where the Rams would go with Cooper Cup out. And it was Puka Nakua 
uh, and, you know, and, you know, Tutu Atwell, et cetera. But Puka was really the focal point. So here come the 49ers, and they're able to game plan for him now. And they're swarming Puka. And Puka is just physically driving through those tackles. So you can get a lot of catches, but not a lot of yards. He's got both. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation for another loaded Maddich Monday. Trevor, we appreciate the insight. Here's to BYU going 1-0 in Big 12 play. Fingers crossed for that. I hear you there. Thanks, guys. Trevor is always bringing it on BYU Sports Station. And yeah. he's starting to see some things that would encourage him on the offensive line. And I think that like, we all weren't sure what the heck was going to happen against Arkansas with the run game. At least BYU found an explosive play for got, a touchdown. In got that game. one. The rest of it wasn't good. Uh, sure. but, but, again, this is a new era. This is not the whack where BYU's playing New Mexico and Wyoming every other week. Like, BYU's not going to put – BYU put up 38 points on, on so few plays, 57. Like, what? Just crazy good explosion efficiency. and make it happen when yeah. you need it. Like yes. BYU converted on third down and long, like created turnovers on defense. Awesome. And after further review, is going to break all of that down. Dave Blaine, David, will break down the X's and O's of the big win at Arkansas. The one-hander by Chase Roberts. Woo. What a play. Tomorrow, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Where does that Chase Roberts touchdown catch rank among all-time great BYU plays. I got a super specific number. Top 50? I'm ready to go. Top 25? Better than that? Oh, now wait a minute. This is BYU's first day. It was awesome, but wait a minute. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, live from Studio B on a very busy Monday. Oh, the bacon gun? We ate it all? It is. We, we took care of that. That was scrumptious. That is for sure. Uh, with uh, the bacon digesting, <laughs> mm. it's now time to digest our Big 12 Roundup picks, which, frankly, it was a rough week for the Big 12 Conference. Whoopsh! Let's go. Start okay. us off. TCU, seven and a half point favorite against Houston. They won 36-13. We've both had this. You had this as a super pick, yes. so you get an extra point. It's 2-1 right now. Seven and a half point favorite. They won by 23. Absolutely. TCU's got a great offense. Houston's not great. Wyoming versus number four, Texas. Texas, a 30-point favorite. It was 10-10 entering the fourth, fourth quarter. Texas wins by 21, but we both thought that was too many points, so both yep. correct there. Pitt, West Virginia, Mountaineers by two and a half. And West Virginia won 17-6. We thought Pitt would uh, cover this. We were both wrong. I thought Pitt would bounce back. Yeah. No, they look lethargic. West Virginia did something. Phil Jerkovich, the uh, transfer quarterback. From BC, yeah. Has not worked out no. for Pitt, replacing Keaton Slovis. <laughs> right. Pitt quarterbacks. Not, it's not Dan Marino anymore. No, West Virginia wins by 11. We both missed on that one. All right, Kansas, 28-point favorite against Nevada. This game was tied 24 late in the fourth quarter. And this is my super pick. I thought Kansas would uh, would cover here and, and and do well. They did not. Devin Neal, three rushing touchdowns, by the way. Nevada's really bad. Kansas wins by seven. Idaho. It was a weird performance from Kansas. Yeah. They're still really good, though. I'm, I'm going to sort of ignore that. Road one. games are always kind of yeah. uh, iffy. Yeah. Okay, so I missed both on that. That's going to come back to bite me, I think. We missed. Miami yeah. of Ohio against Cincinnati. Miami of Ohio wins 31-24 in overtime. We, we thought both Cincinnati had was Cincinnati good. Cincinnati winning. We thought Cincinnati, like, Cincinnati's 2-0. We were like, oh, this guy's in here Let's go. next week, dog. Yeah, this, this one surprised me. Road win for Miami of Ohio. Yeah, uh, epic fail by us there. 15th ranked Kansas State. 
Four-point favorite at Missouri. The Wildcats absolutely blew this game, Jim. Yes. They had so many chances to win this and cover the spread, and somehow they let it slip away. They lose on a 61-yard field goal as time expires. Amazing. Amazing finish. So, wow. eh, for both of us, Kansas State and Missouri. Iowa State by three over Ohio. We had uh, Iowa State covering on this one. Nope, Ohio wins 10-7. Iowa State does not look good right now. No, Iowa State Real got bad. hosed on a field goal that should yes. have counted but did not. <laughs> yes, over the right upright. Somehow the it official went in. called it looked it no like. good. Like, I, I, I don't get there it. There were two, in fact, that said no good. Uh, Iowa State's in shambles. Yikes. Just don't bet on sports, okay? 19th ranked Oklahoma. Well, just do it legally. 28 and a half point favorite against Tulsa. I didn't think they were going to cover. They did, Jeremy. You got the point. Yeah, I, I, missed I, it. I just think Oklahoma's offense is unbelievable right now. Okay. Uh, BYU Arkansas. We both had BYU covering. Yes. BYU didn't just, uh, you know, get within eight. They never won a by doubt. seven. So never a doubt. Never a doubt, baby. But because of your super pick, you win 4 3. And you're not 3 0. Oh, I got some work to do. I feel like you've edged me by like one each week. I got I to gotta, uh, come up clutch here a little right. bit. Three and, I'm 3 0, oh, just like BYU. Let's go. Okay. Those are one your of those Big is better than the roundup picks. Okay. Big 12 standings, by the way. Uh, BYU. They're number, they're number two. Well. <laughs> I mean, these standings are technically speaking. I mean, we have two, three. Alphabetically, it's technically speaking. tied to if you're going overall. But TCU has played the one game. This is garbage. Who cares? <laughs> um, once you get into actual Big 12 standings, then it, it's true standing. Let's right. get to our prop pick recap. All right. Okay, BYU have over under 100 rushing yards. 77 rushing yards. Spencer, you get the point. I hate that I I'm right. I said over. There. You said under. You got. I hate that I'm right, but BYU still found a way to win. Arkansas will score over or under 26 points. We both took the under there. Yep. They scored, scored 31. 31. BYU still won, so no points. Well, the for defense us, gave up 21, so. Who will be BYU's leading tackler? Thule, Bywater of the field. I had the field. Uh, Robinson, Vonk, Pacha, 10 tackles. Okay, so you take the point right yep. there. 1 1 after that. I had Ben Bywater. He was not the leading tackler. Who will, or what will BYU have the most of? Sacks, forced turnovers, 100 plus yard rushers and receivers, or rushing touchdowns? I said rushing touchdowns, so BYU had two. Um, I think we had the same answer on that one, and so neither of us got it. We didn't sacks, four. Four, hey, I like it. Four sacks, two takeaways. That number, that's a combined six number right there against Arkansas, Make why they seven. win the game. How many uh, total points will be scored by both teams with 7.03 left in the second? It was 21-14. You, you said 17, I said 13. You were close to the pin. It was 35. I wasn't even halfway to 35. Oh, 17. Man. Man. I said 17, but yeah. So you win, two, uh, you win 2 1. So you're up 2 0 oh in prop picks. We tied one week. So that's where we're at. So we're two, I'm 2 0 and 1. How about I actually win one of these one time? <laughs> Jeez. Struggling. Okay. That uh, will recap our Big 12 Roundup and our prop picks. Up next, more of your questions as part of our Mailbag Monday. What do you want to know? This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We're on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. 
presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU football beats Arkansas in a back and forth thriller, 38-31 after trailing 14-0, four and a half minutes into the game. BYU stormed back, took the lead with eight minutes left in the fourth on this incredible catch from Chase Roberts. Woo. To his right, back to his left, Keaton deep drop, Keaton throws, end zone! Roberts with the score, leaping high in the air to haul it in and give the Cougars the lead. Chase Roberts flashing to the back left of the end zone, a one-handed haul in. Wow. LJ Martin, he was like couldn't believe it. He was like, what? We were all LJ Martin in that moment. It was awesome. Indeed, How was it on the sideline? Indeed. In fact, I'm going to put out a video on social media later today that was taken by one of our corporate sponsors that shows the sideline works. He happened to be recording yeah. at that moment. Why is it hell yeah? Let's go. Yeah. I want to see it. Keaton's <laughs> off a 13 of 25. Not huge numbers. 167, two touchdowns. Got it done, though. LJ Martin, 88 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Defense force, four sacks, two turnovers to help pull off the win the Cougars play at Kansas Saturday afternoon on ESPN. On to Cougars in the NFL, led by Puka Nakua. Mm. Historic performance, 15 catches, 147 yards receiving for the Rams, and a hard-fought loss to a good 49ers team led by Fred Warner's defense. Nakua, if you missed it earlier, broke the NFL's single-game record for receptions by a rookie with those 15 and set an NFL record with 25 catches in the first two games of his career, going over 100 yards in each of those two games. Warner had 11 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a pass breakup in the win. You know, typical Fred. Zach Wilson against a good Cowboys team. 12 for 27, passing 170 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and was the Jets' leading rusher, yikes, with 36 yards on five attempts and a 30-10 loss at Jerry's World. Tyler Algier, 16 carries, 48 yards, and a Falcons win over the Packers. Jordan Love, Utah State. Michael Davis, three tackles, tackle for loss, and Chargers lost to the Titans in OT. And tonight, double header Monday Night Football. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and the Saints play the Panthers. Tony Takitaki and the Browns play the Steelers. Tonight, let's go, baby. Doubleheader football on a Monday, I will take it. Number one ranked BYU women's soccer. Uh, I can't believe this. What happened? Absolutely stunned by Utah State in Logan on Saturday. The first loss of the season for the top ranked Cougars. Back into Big 12 play, road contest at Baylor on Thursday. I, I still can't believe this happened. Of all the teams to lose to, number 12 women's volleyball swept both Utah Valley Friday, Utah State Saturday, both on the road. In Logan, the Cougars set a rally era record for most aces, none without an error from the service line. That's amazing. Cougars host top 25 opponent Houston Wednesday to open Big 12 play. BYU men's golf opening their season at the Bearcat Invitational in Cincinnati, Ohio at Coldstream Country Club today and tomorrow. Oh yeah, men's golf in Big 12 country as well. Women's golf at the Leadership and Golf Invitational at Chambers Bay and University Place in Washington today and tomorrow. Future Big 10 golf course. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Onto the PGA Tour, Zach Blair finished tied for 52nd at the Fortinet Championship after a strong round one performance. Picked up a paycheck of over 20 grand for making the cut. Well done, Zach. Those Let's are today's it. headlines. Now we opine in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Chase Roberts' TD catch was the top play in SportsCenter's top 10. So where does this catch rank in BYU's all-time plays? Oh my gosh. For sure this is a top 50 play. I'd probably put it somewhere between 30 and 40, Jerem. I mean, there are some amazing plays. That show that we put together was awesome. So fun. As good as that catch was. Top 100.
top, top between 30 and 40. Where do you have it? I specifically have it at number 46. Oh, 46. I have it, I, I have it just out of Cody Hoffman's 2013 Georgia Tech touchdown catch. Okay, just where he right caught the back end of the football. Yes. Um, SEC, game winner, fourth quarter, one-hander. Yeah. I, I have a hard time putting it too high because once you get real high, you get all these all kinds of like winners in a huge game, uh, which this is as well. But yeah, when you when you break it down, it's tough to beat like Ethan Pochman winning the WAC title in '96 yeah, in OT. Yeah, fair point. And, fair point. And Harleen over Weddle juggling '06 Utah. Like I mean, it was amazing, but it wasn't Utah. And 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 breaking that streak. Blah blah blah. There are some great plays in BYU history. Chase Roberts cracks the top, top 50, 50 though. Baby. If we did that show today, I would argue that's in the top 50. As okay, well. so with that top 50 all-time play in mind, does Chase Roberts deserve a statue for that give, catch? Give people the context here. Yeah, so King Hussein, who is a huge BYU athletic supporter and was the man behind the indoor practice facility, yep. he travels with the team. He's an amazing human being. Now, he joked after the game in the locker room when the team was celebrating that he's going to make a statue embodying Chase's body position when he made that touchdown catch. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler so, Batty came out and said, I think there's going to be a statue. I, I wish, honestly, that we had the quarterback factory statues outside the stadium. I just think that'd be a cool picture, cool kind of spot. Obviously, Lavelle deserves one. Around here, statues aren't a big deal. I'm not yeah. sure if it's like a graven images thing or whatnot. I don't know. Uh, with the church and whatnot. So, uh, no. He doesn't. But it was a great play. <laughs> was, I, what I, do you think? I love the joke, but no. No. No, no statue. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was B, Brigham has one. BYU goes undefeated this season, maybe. 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 <laughs> was BYU's delay of game penalty on the fake field goal? Are we trying to injure Ryan Rico, by the way? What's going on here? The best penalty in BYU football history. <laughs> I don't know about history, but in recent memory, yes. Like, yeah. when have I ever been more grateful for a penalty? Like, oh, jeez, delay than of game. That moment to take away what was going to be just another head scratching, abominable fake, right? It was like, what are we doing? I was so happy that there was a delayed game, and then credit to Will Farron for making the field goal. Will Farron made that. it. He, he missed one later, but whatever. Like, and we talked about last week, BYU's probably going to have to make a field goal in this game. They and they needed a field goal. 43 yards away. He missed the 50-yarder, but not by much. Pushed it wide right. Yeah, yeah, 49-50, that's tough. BYU received three votes in this week's AP poll, putting them 10 spots outside the top 25. So number 35, BYU, Jerem. Uh, do the Cougars have an argument to be ranked in the top 25 right now? Eh, maybe, but I don't really care. If BYU, if BYU beats Kansas, they got two P5 wins, both on the road, 4-0. Yes. Now you have a case. I think they should be in the top 25, just barely in. Yes. If BYU wins at Kansas, and you're four, again, back-to-back -back road wins, you beat an SEC team, and then you win your Big 12 opener against one, of the, got some one of the top right five or six teams in the Big 12 when they're rolling with the Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year and Jalen Daniels, you beat that team? Yep. Now you should be in the top 25, probably around 24 or 25. With that said, the Big 12 has Texas and Oklahoma in it, and that's it. And oh, by the way, they're leaving next year. Uh, are you concerned for the Big 12? Are you surprised that nobody else is ranked? No, right there now? are four teams that are receiving votes. Like Kansas State just out. Kansas just well, out. Kansas State. BYU 10 spots out. Blew it against Missouri. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not concerned. There will be other ranked teams in the Big 12 in the top 25 at a later point. Is the Big 12 a power league right oh. now with a... <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh. Of course it is. Uh, speaking of you know, deserving of rankings, ah, number one ranked BYU women's soccer will not be ranked number one after losing to Utah State. No. How far will they drop? Ugh, we'll see. I don't know. 
But will this tough loss somehow benefit the women's soccer program in the long run? This team was good enough to go unbeaten yes. the whole regular season, so this is disappointing. But is this sort of the, you know, cold water smelling salt that maybe they needed at some point? I was, point. I was hoping like on the road in the Big 12, you tie or maybe you lose one random one to Oklahoma or whatever. Like, I don't know if that's a home game or not, I can't remember. But this one hurts. UVU at home was a 4-2 loss in 2021. That catapulted BYU into, oh my gosh, we've got to play better. That was a rally. They went all the way to the national championship rally. game. So is this that moment for BYU? I hope so. Uh, in fact, I know the staff is going to harp on that. Like, look, we've totally. had some bad losses in recent years that have ended in magical seasons. Let's do it again. Yep. Let's get back to another college cup. And let's do BYU football with Kalani Sitake again Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern. Uh, the coach uh, going to review one of the best wins of his tenure at Arkansas. Previous Big 12 opener at Kansas. Free tickets to come uh, hang out with Kalani Sitake on BYUSN.com. Yeah, we need to rank that Arkansas win in the Sitake era. Where it's up there. Thing? It's it's up there. We'll wrap up the weekend with a recap of our prop picks and just tough week for the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly scores was, in there. It was not good, dude. It wasn't good for our picks either. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton, and we mentioned one of the four top ten teams on campus right now are represented courtesy of the women's cross-country team with head coach Dilji Taylor and the star Aubrey Frenthway. Welcome back to BYU Sports Hello, Nation. Guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now you're, now you're dressed up. Because you're going to the inauguration right yep. after this of President Shane Reese. Yes. Otherwise, we would say, hey, you're a little overdressed for this program. But I feel like you I, yeah, right. okay, you thank great. you. Thanks. <laughs> That's what she said when she saw me. Like, wait a minute, am I underdressed? <laughs> like, I'm just in this. We have a chill vibe. You've taken it up enough. Yeah. You know it's all That's, good. But that's what you're trying to do. can steal the show again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is Aubrey's show, and I'm, I'm just <laughs> accompanying her. No. We kid. Hey, Big 12, here we go. Um, this one obviously is different because you're not running in the West Coast Conference. So, Aubrey, I'll start with you. Um, what's, is the approach any different? Are, are you aware on different levels because now you're in a quote-unquote Power 5 conference? Yeah, I think it's, it'll be fun. It'll be going into this new conference is more competition. It's um, a better, like, we get more practice with championship racing. I think that'll be really good. Um, but honestly, with everything else, I don't, my motto this year has just kind of been trust Coach T. And so <laughs> I don't really know what it'll bring other than like, like with workouts and everything. I, I honestly have no idea. But um, just trust in Coach. And um, I just know the competition will be more and that'll be super fun. So When you look at the schedule, you know, we're used to seeing a bunch of games. You guys have three meets before the Big 12 championships. Like there's not a ton of time to sort of figure it out before the big stuff comes up, right? Yeah, I feel like that's that's always the lineup for us, and so that doesn't really change. But when you're competing at such a high level and expecting these women to race at such a high level, three times before uh, the conference championship is is plenty. It's plenty, okay. Yeah, that's good. Would two be okay, or three is like two the would be number. okay. We've done two before, mm -hmm. but this year I did something that I haven't done in a long time. I put them all in uniform for our home meet at the Autumn Classic. Uh, just because we have a young group and want to get the, the jitters of the uniform uh, out of the way prior to the first away race. And so it was fun. We had, we had a good time. 
Well, you've got a young group, as you mentioned, but still ranked seventh in the country. You have an influx of more awesome talent. One meet down, what did you learn about your squad that maybe you didn't know before after the first race? I love the chemistry this year. And uh, I, I know coaches talk about how important that is all the time, but especially in a sport like ours where you, you have to go to that dark place and kind of be willing to die for each other. Um, and I, I, I love that part of it. Aubrey, Aubrey's my only ever uh, returning three-time All-American. So the leadership on nice, our team. Nice, Aubrey. <laughs> the leadership on our team is, is great. Her and that Lexi uh, just bring a, a good amount of um, just guidance for the younger women. And wow. so I feel good. I, I walked away from Autumn Classic with like zero, uh, you know, info yeah. because we, it was us <laughs> versus us. And so I'm excited. I think I'll get more knowledge of um, who's willing to, to really fight when we line up against Oregon. They're, they're a really good team this year, and so um, it'll be exciting. Bill Dellinger Invitational this weekend. That's big time, part of the reason we wanted you in here. But also, uh, so you mentioned three meets. So it's really two against other teams, yeah. which is playing into what you're saying. Describe this dark place that, that Coach Taylor just <laughs> said, the dark place where you're, you're, you're willing to do whatever for each other. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, the race kind of starts out, and it's like, you're okay for a second. And then as it progresses, you really get to this point where you're like, man, I really, I don't know if I can do it. And that's just part of the sport that we chose, you know? And I think it's a really special thing to be able to get to that place and know that you have teammates that are gonna be there for you. Like we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses. Some of us hit it in the first 400 meters. That might be me sometimes. Some of us hit it in like the last 400, some of us hit it at a mile. Like, And so to know that you have like such a big group of teammates that all like hit it at different points and are gonna be like, hey, I know this is your weak spot, so I'm going to go. So, yeah. Connor Mance uh, once described, like, hit the difference in him as, I can suffer longer than other people. What is it about running that you love? Because it is a very hard sport. It's one of the two OG sports. One is boxing, and the other is running. Um, I love, I, like, I like what Connor Mance said. I like to be able to suffer longer. Um, I also love just being able to push myself. I feel like I did, not super competitively, but I did other sports growing up. Um, and I feel like sometimes there isn't a lot in your control. Like there, there always is some in your control, but I felt like with running, I could control so much more. Cause like, mm. I mean, obviously there's some things like you might get out kicked and that just happens, but you can control for the most part, the outcome mm. of what, of the race. And so I love that. What other sports are as the control uh, percentages as high? Is this the most controlled, Diljit, of all the sports? Well, I feel like swimming yeah. would be Swimming, similar. you control how fast you go in that, yeah. Yep. yeah. Not too many, though. Volleyball, it's like, okay, if they just serve this 80 miles an hour at me, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> basketball, you need to get pet. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, that's it's interesting. Impressive there, just yeah. mental fortitude, for sure. And I want to go back to something you said, Diljeet. You mentioned Aubrey's the only returning three-time All-American you've ever coached. You've coached some all-world historic talent, national champions. So, Aubrey, you're unique in that way. Uh, no wonder you're going to rely on her so much for leadership. Who else are you looking for to, to step into that leadership role? Well, Lexi Holiday, who uh, is just coming off a tremendous yep. track season, placed fourth at NCAAs and came back and was eighth in the U.S. Um, so I, I rely on her as well. And, and then it's just a lot of youth after that. We've, we've got Tasia Davis, who's lined up at the NCAAs for us, but hasn't had the same um, end result as, as these women. And she's probably hoping for that. But a lot of, a lot of youth in this squad, but a lot of depth 
and I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I realize that she's my only three-time All-American returning on the drive over here. That's like, wild. All right, what do I love about Aubrey? And I'm thinking of all these things, and then I was like, wow, she's got experience at this highest level, um, and I, we're going we're gonna to definitely lean on that. Anytime you get to go to Oregon, and I assume it's in uh, or, uh in Eugene, right? Yeah. Hayward Field. At, at Hayward Field, world-class facilities, the best probably in the world. What do you need to get done this week at this Invitational? <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> no, we just need to line up and we just need to fight. Like Coach was saying earlier, we need to, we need to show who has that fight and who's really going to be there when it gets, when it gets really tough um, and just be competitive. I think it's what we need to do. Do you have certain teams pinpointed? Coach, maybe you don't want your runners to focus on that, but maybe, maybe I don't know. But do you embrace certain rivalries? And if so, what, what are they? And how, how do they impact this week's race? Yeah, I feel like I need to be transparent and say, yes, we really see what everyone else is doing. And that's my job as a coach. To, but we focus on ourselves. And at the end of the day, I'm going to throw out a little bit of stuff just to get them um, <laughs> hungry for other teams. I heard this runner said I, this oh, about you, Aubrey. No, I may or may not have worn uh, Oregon green yesterday to practice. You know, just, Look at you. Just, just a few things to just remind them. But yeah. overall, if we focus on ourselves internally and what we can do and build off of that, I think that gives us um, mm. the best chance for success. And it was Nike. It's all in the fam. You got a Nike deal I yourself, know. which is kind of nice. Uh, what kind of sky miles did you put together this uh, this summer, by the way? A lot. If you need some points, I'm willing to <laughs> I always that. do. I'm I don't have enough as this guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Transfer Name the countries over. you went to, because I know you went to the Women's World Cup. You yeah, went I was to Europe for the World Championships. Hungary, um, Austria, London. Wow. Italy. That was this summer. Are you glad to just be home for a I little really bit? I really am. I am. But, but do great. you wish you were maybe in Italy sometimes? I mean, I wish I had the gelato. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you can get the closest thing to it around here, probably. Yeah. The creamery is close, but not really. <laughs> in the it's gelato not quite game. Italian yes, gelato. The creamery is not necessarily in the gelato game. Okay? They're not. No. They're in everything else, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have you with us on the show. Good luck uh, this week and, and pushing forward, Aubrey. Awesome Thank stuff. You. Keep up the great work. And, Coach, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Up next. We take a look at a great moment from Chase Roberts. In mm. fact, we're going to rank this among the best non-Hail Mary catches in BYU football history. We have to do this because there have been so many Hail Mary catches. Hail yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Sacked by Vaughn Pachon. And he is thrilled. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just re-ranked 
what we think are the toughest, easiest Big 12 games on the Cougars' schedule, beginning with Kansas. If you missed that, download the podcast. In the meantime, A.J. Vonkpachan continues to impress his coaching staff, certainly his head coach, Kalani Satake, who said last night he wished he could have him around for four more years. He's not alone. I'm in that oh category, too. Oh, my gosh. Love A.J. A.J. has been a breath of fresh air and such a needed part of that linebacker's room. He's going to captain, in many ways, a defense that is trying to slow down maybe the best offensive player BYUC in the Big 12 all year in Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels. How will they do that? That answer and more in my one-on-one with A.J. Vongpachan. A.J., you just successfully wrapped up another bloody Tuesday at practice. So congratulations on that first and foremost. Sorry, appreciate you. Appreciate you. It's another hard one, another good one for sure. Yeah, I don't need much context, but why? how did it get the name Bloody Tuesday? Yeah, honestly, I can't even remember, but obviously the coaches just want to call it that because – you know, we have to come out here and just, you know, practice hard. You know, we can't just coast through it and uh, expect to go out on Saturdays and just turn it on, you know. So we got we just come out here and practice as hard as we can, you know, basically like a game almost. And, you know, we just uh, wanted to translate to Saturdays. Fair enough. And clearly on Tuesday, it is a full turn to now Kansas and week four. But you had such an emotional win against Arkansas. And so sometimes it's tough to kind of put that one to bed because it was such an emotional high. How do you do that when you transition from that type of a win to Kansas? Yeah, I mean, obviously learn from the film. That's the that's the first thing. You know, we go over as a as a as a as a team. You know, as a defensive unit, learn from what we're, the mistakes that we made because I think we could have been a lot better even you know with the win. But it was a great win, obviously on the road against a great opponent, and uh, you know just use it as momentum to carry us into the to the next week. What was the number one takeaway, both positive and constructive criticism from the film against Arkansas? We'll start with the positive. Yeah, for I guess the positives would be the effort and just the adversity. You know, we we had a ton of adversity going into the game just throughout the whole time, you know, going down 14-0. I think the biggest thing is just the mentality, just, you know, we're still in it. And, you know, just because the score reflects, you know, we're down that, you know, we can still come back. And, you know, that's what the guys did. And that's the biggest thing and just the effort throughout the whole game. We, it was a long game. I think we had a quite a bit of snaps that game, but, uh, you know, the guys kept pushing and kept fighting, so. Okay, and how about the constructive criticism? What's the takeaway there? Yeah, I think just start fast. Start, you know, because coming out of half, and even obviously at the beginning of the game, we kind of started really slow. So just starting fast and being more assignment sound throughout the game. That fourth down stop at midfield, and again, humor me if you will. I know you're pushing forward to Kansas, but that fourth down stop, you're down 10 in the second half. You're involved in that play. It seemed to change the entire tenor of the sideline and put BYU back on the right track. From your perspective, what did that do on the sideline? I think it just gave us the momentum, like you said. Obviously, we needed something to spark the team. Uh, you know, the offense was rolling, and you know, just to be able to get that in a critical situation of the game was huge for us. Would you take a fourth down stop like that or a turnover? Which do you like better? Uh, either way. <laughs> either way, same result. So as long as uh, it gives us momentum, it's, I'll take either one for sure. There's no wrong answer right, there. Right. Yeah, there's no, no wrong answer, absolutely. Okay, now to Kansas. Um, from the film that you have seen of Jalen Daniels and that, that Kansas offense, which is high-powered, uh, what has your attention the most? I think they're just an overall really, really good group. Um, obviously, they're, they're one of the better in the Big 12 as an offensive unit. Quarterback's really good. You know, he can run, throw. Uh, you know, I think, you know, obviously up front, they're really good as well. The tight ends, you know, they play with a lot of tight ends and, you know, they want to run the ball. So I think they just do an overall good job of just playing together and uh, being sound. Is there anything that they do that's unique compared to the previous three opponents you've already faced? Yeah, I would say 
at the top of my head, I can't think of it, but obviously the quarterback's really good. You know, obviously, we played against a really good quarterback last week, uh, but you know this, this quarterback has a different skill set, just being able to be a lot more mobile. Um, and just kind of the, the schemes that the offense uh, that runs kind of just, you know, wide zones, trying to, trying to isolate their, their best players on, against the defenders. So. Do you have a goal, a stated goal, and maybe you don't want to share it, but like we want to hold them under this many points or we want to create this many turnovers. Like what, what type of numerical goals do you carry into a game like this? Yeah, um, specifically we do. I obviously can't remember off the top of my head right now, but uh, obviously last game we, we had goals and we, we felt like we – kind of didn't hit those goals that we wanted to you know we also got the win which is which is great right but our defensive goals weren't hit and so we just wanted to carry on to this next week to make sure that we uh go into the week and just make sure we hit those goals much has been said and rightfully so it's big 12 conference this is the big 12 opener the first ever BYU football game as an official member of the big 12 does that matter at all to you or are you so in the season that it's just the next game yeah, I mean, kind of both. You know, obviously it's it's a huge deal because it is the first Big 12. It's conference play now. You know, they obviously they all matter, but this one really matters at the end of the day because it's the first one. Uh, you wanna you wanna gain momentum going into the season into conference, but at the same time the guys know that it's just the next game and this is the, the next big game, right? Because last week it, that was the same thing. You know, it was the next game, which is the the next big game, the biggest game of the season is always the next game. So we all we that's kind of our mentality going to going into this week, and you know we know what what's at stake, and uh, you know we're out here practicing for it for sure. What's the best part of playing on the road in front of a hostile crowd? Honestly, just uh, kind of just quieting the crowd down a little bit. Obviously, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, our Arkansas is a really, really, uh, you know, tons of fans there. They were really loud, but uh, kind of turns the other game. You could get a silence in. But not only that, you know, BYU travels really, really well. You know, that was kind of the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen that before, but from a, an away team. So just to have that many fans there and they were cheering loud, you know, at the, for a second we were at home for a second. <laughs> yeah, what was that like for you to celebrate with them after the game? That was awesome. Like I said, it was, I cannot believe how many uh, fans are. You go obviously at Utah State, like we travel away. There it wasn't quite as many fans on, on the road, right? Obviously, kind of more families and stuff, but no, there was a ton of fans there. And just to be able to celebrate with them towards the end, and, you know, like I said, it was almost like we were at less for a second. Well, here's the more quiet moments from the Kansas crowd. We'll get back there in a moment, but um, I do want to ask you specifically about your linebacker responsibilities and how they will shift going from defending a quarterback like K.J. Jefferson, who is big and physical, to a true dual threat like Jalen Daniels. Yeah, obviously we got to contain him. You know, that's that's a that's a more of a front seven you know responsibility, and so we, we know that. And we obviously last week even him, K.J. Jefferson, he was even elusive at times. So we got to make sure we, that we wrap him up and uh, just you know stay in our rush lanes for sure. Kansas is going to throw, a, I mean, multiple fronts, but the BYU defense also is very multiple. So I'm very intrigued to watch like the differing uh, deceptions that both sides are going to use. Um, how do you stay in the moment when they're throwing all sorts of motions and weird formations out? How, how do you stay home in that moment? Yeah, it's obviously just remembering your keys, obviously communicating with the guys. That's the biggest thing. You know, I think when we communicate, we're at our absolute best, you know, and kind of when we don't. Uh, we kind of just, you know, hone on on ourselves, and I kind of talk to the guy next to us. That's when we kind of get out of misplaced. But uh, I think just communicating along the way, because obviously they're they're shifting, they're motioning a lot, a lot of the time. So we, as long as we uh, key, we're supposed to key and uh, communicate, I think we'll be just fine. We'll finish with this in the linebacker room. There's some big personalities. So who is the loudest or biggest trash talker in the linebacker room right now? The loudest for sure would be Isaiah Glasker. <laughs> no question about that. He's probably got the biggest personality, and he talks the most trash for sure. There's a couple other guys, but uh, 
he stands out by far the most. Okay, best dressed in the linebacker room. Ooh, I'm gonna give it to my man Ben Bywater. Okay. Yeah, he always, he never fails. Uh, he's always putting it on for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who can eat the most out of the linebackers? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good one. I think we're all pretty good, but I don't know. I'm gonna give it to. Shoot, that's a good one. Okay. I'm gonna give it to. Sionimo. I'm gonna okay. give it to Sionimo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give it to Moa. Okay. Finally the fastest. You line up and you're run you're just running a dead sprint. Who wins the race? Forty yards. Either I'm gonna give it to either Glasker or Max. Okay. Yeah, those two guys are pretty fast, but I'll give it to Maybe Glasker because he's a little lighter than us. So I'll give it to Glasker. <laughs> <laughs> he talks the most trash, and apparently he's the fastest. But you know what? You do all those things well. So I'm going to say you're the best combo linebacker. That, that fair? Yes, sir. Appreciate that. AJ, thanks for the time. We wish you the best luck against Kansas. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And he rocks the headband well, Jerem. If he started singing, I'll make a man out of you, that would make my day. Because uh, I, he's, he's a good-looking dude, man. And BYU's linebackers have been very – good this season. You look at the career tackle numbers. They are so similar. It is crazy. All three of these guys are in the top 31 of the active tackles leaders in the NCA and FBS. Tackles for loss, sacks, interceptions. By the way, Max Tooley looked this up Monday. He is tied for the third most interceptions by a non- secondary player in BYU history. Wow. Pretty awesome what he's been able to do. I'm about to do some on-air math. Never a good idea, but no, I'm adding You're up good all those tackles You're between the it. three of them, 237, 237, and then 239. That's 713 combined tackles in it their is. career. Is that right? It is. 713 tackles. What would you get on the math portion of the ACT? <laughs> well, I think, Was it pretty good? I think I only finished like 80% of the section because I may have fallen asleep during part of it. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but of but of the eighty percent I finished, I think I got a twenty six on that on that okay. portion. <laughs> okay, okay, Hey, you're not gonna fall asleep during Cougar pregame no. live, that's no. for sure. On BYU Radio, coming up at one thirty Eastern time. Your boy Shep, Mitch, Greg, Hans Olsen. One thirty Eastern on BYU Radio, coming up Saturday. Let's go. And we present this question: an old rival in Hawaii or an SEC foe? Who would you rather BYU play in a bowl game? The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, how does BYU's dramatic win over Arkansas change your expectations for what BYU can do over the course of the season? Tight end Isaac Rex tells us how the team is celebrating the win over Arkansas looking ahead to Kansas. Plus, Top 5 Tuesday features the best non-Hail Mary grabs in Cougar history. Does Chase Roberts one-hander make the list? And Diljeet Taylor and the All-American Aubrey Frenthaway from Women's Cross Country preview the season for the seventh-ranked Cougars. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, September 19th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a fanatic of giant inflatable vehicles, Jerem Jordan. I didn't know I was until I saw some highlights from the 1992 BYU-Kansas game, which is the only previous meeting between the Jayhawks and Cougars. And in the end zone uh, at a, a, you know, Aloha Stadium in the Aloha Bowl is this giant inflatable Jeep. I don't know what this is or why this is. Obviously, some kind of sponsorship. Uh, this is the game-winning score, by the way, for Kansas, a field goal. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, we, we had uh, two and a half whole seconds uh, of a view of this. I don't know what that is, but I really need it in Lawrence this Saturday. So could you just let me know where that is? And I hope it's a nice front and center on TV. Saturday. Was it the Jeep Wrangler Aloha Bowl or something? <laughs> what was it? I don't know. But I have no idea. I just thought it was super weird, we'll which need is it. what we'll I need, need out of football. Yes. I need wins and weird stuff. A massive Jeep Wrangler somewhere <laughs> in the stadium. Jurassic Park Lawrence. was like two years away from the Cherokee. <laughs> That's just a regular Jeep, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Was it a promotion for that movie? <laughs> two years out. Hey, wait and see what we got coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, objects in rear view are closer than they appear. <laughs> All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. Is BYU going away with a win tonight? And the Cougars take over. BYU Cougars are now 3-0. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. BYU now 3-0. 3-0 for the third time in four seasons, by the way. It's never that, happened. Okay, that is that? a first in BYU football history. That? With the most recent victory over Arkansas. So, looking at the win against the Razorbacks, how does that change the expectations of what we think and all of you think BYU can do over the course of the 2023 season? Okay, before the season, I thought Arkansas was a loss. So, now that it's a win, that certainly makes me feel like um, two things are going to happen. One, BYU's going to a bowl game. Not worried about it now. Like, that was in question even after 2-0. I was like, okay. How's this going to work if you don't win at Arkansas and then you play at Kansas? BYU's going to win three of the next nine. Like, if BYU just, just is crappy the rest of the year, they could go three and six and still make a bowl game. That's happening. So the seven mark for wins certainly feels much better. In fact, you know, FBI is saying, hey, look at the six-win percentage. That went up significantly after the Arkansas game from 25 to 63%. So that's exciting. I feel like seven-plus wins is in the mix. Let's be honest, the fact that BYU started 3-0, that they got probably the second toughest road win on the schedule as a dub, Texas being the toughest, you certainly feel like, hey, who knows, maybe 8-plus is possible. Um, and, and But, and I'll get to this in a minute, I am stoked that BYU is 3-0 and very flawed. The fact that they have climbed through the adversity and still been undefeated in one of the toughest games is very exciting. I, I cannot wait. But... ESPN FPI does not look favorable on BYU the rest of the year. But I don't really care because I don't believe some of the numbers. I just don't. Well, let's take a look at those numbers. And you tell us, are these fair projections for BYU? A few are not. Okay. BYU given a almost 44% chance to win at Kansas. Okay, that's I, pretty favorable. I think that's fair. This is sort of a pick a mish game. I think this is a matchup of two good teams. But BYU top 40 teams. is a home underdog to Cincinnati? That one's weird. Come on. Uh, given the loss to Miami of Ohio last week for the Bearcats. At TCU, 26%. That whatever. makes sense to that me. That feels fair. Home to Texas Tech, just a 37% chance to win that game. Yeah, Texas Tech getting a lot of love still. Uh, lost at Wyoming, right? Lost uh, to Oregon at home. Those are Wyoming hung with Texas, so certainly uh, maybe Cowboys better than you think. BYU beat that same Cowboys team last year, by the way. At um, Texas, seven yeah. percent chance. They're the third-ranked team in the country. That makes sense. It's that's on fine. the road. We that's get fine. that. At West Virginia, that one's weird, dude. Thirty-nine percent. I know West Virginia's two and one. The one loss is to Penn State, like, but. Eh, 
39. Okay. And these aren't odds makers. These are this is a computer metric. Computer. Okay. So if it were odds makers, I'd understand that one a little bit more because they're looking at BYU having to travel two time zones. Maybe it's an early game. BYU hasn't fared well, particularly well in those type of contests. But this this is a computer metric. Iowa State is a wreck right now. An absolute wreck. Why is that one? Just 50%. BYU's given a 54% <laughs> chance to beat a team that scored seven points yeah. in a loss on Saturday against who, Jerem? A world beater? In South Alabama. No, no. And at West Virginia. We don't know the time of the game yet, by the way. We don't know it's going to be early. Like, it could be late. Who knows? 8% at home to beat Oklahoma? Oklahoma looks pretty good on offense. I know offense, they look great, but 8%, 8 in Provo? And then Oklahoma State is, yeah, like you said, that one's ridiculous. So I don't, I don't believe several of the numbers there. And that's okay. Um, let me tell you uh, more about my, my thoughts on the, the flawed thing. Okay, let's talk about the good that's going on. Yeah, right so I was going to say, the bad. when you say f they're, they're very flawed, are very you talking flawed. specifically on offense? I'll tell you. Okay. I'll give you numbers. Okay, the good. Turnover margin, plus five. Amazing. Which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. How good is that? Ninth in the country. Ninth in the country. Your top ten in taking the ball away. Seven uh, takeaways and two giveaways. This is good. This is good. Making timely big plays when needed, like we talked about yesterday. BYU was not uh, crazy amazing in yards, and they sure. weren't in yards per play, these kind of things, which I'll get to. But timely good plays, right? Um, Kingston's pass and receiving touchdown, Tuley's interception, Roberts one-hander, Rex red zone uh, grab, Heckard's forced fumble, four sacks. Those are good. LJ Martin's showing us some stuff, right? Uh, safeties have not been a liability. Mm. We, they totally could be. BYU is playing with its fourth, fifth, and sixth safeties right now. Ethan Slade, Crew Wakely got knocked out of the game. Sounds like he's not going to be available this week, maybe next couple of weeks. Um, Ethan Slade's doing a really nice job. Again, no Micah Harper, no Talon Alfrey. Crew Wakely gets knocked out. Malik Moore gets pulled, not injured. He gets pulled from the game because of uh, the punt return situation. Jace Hill, Hill's defense has been great. Ryan Rico, number one active punter in the NCA right now with his okay. average. Uh, the defense only really gave up 21 versus Arkansas. Um, okay, let me give you two numbers that I just barely found that really tell the story of BYU football. Points per play right now. Okay. 48th nationally. That's good enough. It feels like BYU isn't very good on offense. 48th, 0.413. But the best one I got for you, Spence. Yards per point. Yards per point. Sixth in the country, 10.4. BYU is getting chunks when they score. Okay. So yards per play is really good because uh, let's look at the bad. Not running the rock well. BYU is bottom 10 in yards per carry right now, 2.67. That's terrible. It's awful. Not consistently explosive. 7.7 yards per attempt, 68th. 10-plus yard pass plays, 72nd. 20-plus, only 9, 76th. Not great. And then some of the worst stuff. Yards per play on offense, 101st, 5.2. 311 yards per game, 118th. 179 plays is 123rd on offense. BYU's not getting a ton of plays yet. They're they've scoring been enough. They've been efficient they're, with a limited number. They're of scoring enough. The yards per attempt's not good enough. The yards per carry's not good enough. But when they uh, they are able to produce points with fewer plays, and they're getting lots of yards to get those points. So I applaud BYU. What if BYU starts carrying the rock effectively? What if 
BYU starts to get more explosive consistently. Now we're talking about a team that can go and beat Kansas, that beats Cincinnati at home, and poof, puff the magic dragon. BYU is 5-0 and really interesting inside the top 20. I, am, I, am ex- I, I, w- I wish that BYU was playing re- like way better right now, but the fact that they are 3-0 and and are not are very flawed. This gets me excited because I think BYU can still figure out some things to get to that next level. Okay, you just presented a ton of numbers. Almost a lot too, of numbers. Too many okay, numbers. So many numbers flying across the screen right there. And all backing a point that primarily the offense has not been great. But what about the defense and the special teams? Okay, so when, when you say very flawed, it's, it's fair to say that's primarily on offense, it's correct? Offense. Okay. Uh, there's l- the only flaw for special teams is to continue to fake and not get it. Like we have, we like, we have not seen punt and field goal didn't work. Hardly anything that made us question special teams this year. We've seen Marcus McKenzie and Ryan Rico do their thing, and now Parker Kingston's coming along uh, as a kickoff return man. Hobbs Nyberg hasn't given away the ball. Like no. the special teams just, have been just the fakes, awesome. The two fakes. So how do you overcome flawed offense at times? Field position battle is a massive way to do that, and BYU has one of the best punting teams and one of the best punters in the entire country. The best punter, Spence. That can accommodate. That can certainly help uh, push that. Uh, get through some some offensive woes. Okay? Yes, because like, it's complimentary. You can flip the field. Your offense now, instead of getting the ball at your own 20, you're getting the ball closer to midfield consistently, BYU, which is what BYU did against Arkansas. It was the 39-yard line. Yes. Are you kidding amazing, me? Amazing. Right? Only, BYU only has five drives of 70-plus for touchdowns this year. Eight of them have been less than 70. Jerem, as much as we don't want to admit anything good that happens from the team up north, what did they base everything they did on for years? Good defense and good special teams and just good enough and, offense. Can keep you in a game. Once they got a, when, they, when Utah's had a quarterback, they've done something special. So if BYU can, as you said, turn the corner, maybe start to run the ball a little more effectively and sustain some drives and help keep the defense off the field a little bit longer. Give that excellent defense through three games a little more rest. Now we're talking about something special. Now yes. we're talking about seven or eight wins this season. And maybe more. It, like, if they kick it into gear like we're thinking there is potential for, you're talking about, uh, you know, even more than that. BYU right now is going to lose several games. In fact, four or five if they continue at this pace. But the fact that they were able to get the Arkansas win, amazing. Can you do that every week? I mean, a play here or there swings the game, right? And BYU made enough plays on offense. And when they do make a play, it's a big play. And it's scoring touchdowns, which is really encouraging. I'm not discouraged by the BYU offense very much right now, despite stinking on yards per carry. Certainly a 45-yarder right here from LJ Martin helps. But the explosive plays down the field, when you get them, I just want consistently more explosive, consistently better success rate on first and second down. And now you're talking about a team that can walk into October if, if they crank it up, again, undefeated and challenge TCU, challenge Texas Tech. Can they compete with Texas? That's what we're talking about. The formula right now, if nothing changes and you have excellent special teams, good defense, I would say it's very good to great right now. Okay offense. is That formula right there is good enough for seven wins. It is. Like if it just doesn't, if it just stays, that's good enough for seven wins. Yes. They, they're capable of more. The offense can boost it up a little bit. And the defense is going to take a hit because you're going to play tougher sure. competition. Sure. So if the offense can boost it up, 
Now you're looking at maybe eight wins. But right now I'm Which feeling very, very confident about my projection of seven wins. There's enough talent on this team to win seven games and maybe more if special teams defense keep doing their thing and we finally see a breakthrough with the offensive line in the run game. I think BYU is playing the second most talented offense in the league this week. That's fair. I think Texas number one. Kansas Their is skill really positions good. are ridiculous. Their old line is all back. Kansas returns 10 of the 11 starters, and they are sticking. This could absolutely become a shootout in Lawrence. Good challenge okay. for the BYU. Our defense. question of the day. How did BYU's win over Arkansas change your expectations for what BYU can do over the course of the 2023 season? Sam.Norton.58 answers on X. The Arkansas win, plus the fact the rest of the Big 12 struggled, really makes me think a third-place finish in the Big 12 is possible. Presumably behind Texas and OU. Whoa, horsey. Uh, it's a little soon for that in my mind. Um, let's see BYU get through October, and then we'll have a real sense of where they could land. Like, it, if BYU's got, like, one loss in Oct uh, through October, now we're talking – or even two. Now we're talking about something really Okay, I'm not ready to go top three, but I'm – Top three. Absolutely top willing – like, someone said top – If somebody seven? said, yeah, BYU's a top six team in the Big 12 – I wouldn't – yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah, if you're the it, sixth it, best team right now. They're yeah. offense – yeah, right – well, right now – I think we're talking about later, right? Right now, certainly BYU is like, you could argue, one of the best teams in the Big 12. But at the end of the season, can they get through October with health and can the offense start to run the rock and be consistently explosive? If so, we're talking about something awesome, man. It is a two for Tuesday, by the way. So we're going to yeah. throw in a second a question of the day. Heck yeah. Because it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we are looking at the greatest non-Hail Mary catches in BYU football history. Yeah. Okay? I love it. We needed to quantify it that way because, naturally, most people are going to want to go to those dramatic game-winning catches. Those are so good, they're in a league of their own. Uh, it's a category of their own. So where would you rank Chase Roberts' catch against Arkansas, a game-winner in its own right, among BYU's greatest non-Hail Mary catches. Okay, how about that? Greatest non-Hail Mary catches, where does Chase Roberts fall? Uh, John Taylor on Facebook. Answers. John Taylor came third, we know. <laughs> I still like Puka Nakua's against Boise State just because there is history with Boise State. Yeah, yes, there is. And was probably the last time BYU will be on the Smurf oh, turf. Oh, we ain't playing up there ever again. Sorry. It was fun it, while it lasted. It's hard to remove the context of that Pukunakua catch because of the rivalry. Like, but we're just talking like straight athleticism, like acrobatics, great catch. Yeah. But it's somewhat... well, that's our top five. That's not this question. Okay. Our top five later uh, is is okay. we're taking game context out of it, like trying to anyway. Catch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, but our question is just any non hail mary. So yeah, no, the okay. game context. Pukunakua is absolutely way also up Puka. There. Is uh, Blue Steel, right? So hot right now. Yes, he is. <laughs> so hot Hashtag right BYUSNX, Facebook, and Instagram. You can watch yesterday's episode of Coordinator's Corner. Get some real insight from Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga. Kelly Papinga saying, hey, there's more fakes on the way. We would have got a first down if we had run it this way. Da, da, da. Check it out on BYUSN.com and the free BYU TV app. Up next, my one-on-one -on -one with BYU's tight end, Isaac Rex. I asked him how he decompresses after a big win like that. It deals with church. Well, there's a follow-up to that. Also, what does he know about Kansas at this point? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say 
Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Oh, look at the hands of Isaac Rex. Are you kidding me? Isaac Rex elevates to make the catch. Isaac Rex going over the top. It's a touchdown for Isaac Rex. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Isaac Rex having a fantastic season working with Keaton Slovis. I spoke with him on Saturday night and then again yesterday to preview the Kansas matchup and to follow up on just how he decompresses after a monumental road win in SEC country. Here's Isaac Rex one-on-one on BYU Sports Nation. As you told me on Saturday night that you were going to decompress by, you know, relax a little bit on the, the plane ride home, you get back late, but then you said you had to teach Sunday school uh, on Sunday morning. So how was the Sunday school lesson with your wife? It was actually really good. It was the Sunday school class came to, they came to play on, on Sunday afternoon. They, <laughs> they had a lot of good participation. Uh, my wife and I, we asked some good questions but they were really, um, yeah, they were really participating. They were very active. A lot of good insights. Talked about uh, forgiveness, um, the atonement, you know, reconciliation, a lot of different topics. So, uh, but the Sunday school class, they handled it well. And the Sunday school president of the stake was there and he said we did a good job. So that was important. Oh, well done. Forget what you did in the football field. Like, you know, that's yes. great and all, Isaac, but you, you, did, you did your job on <laughs> Sunday, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got that validation. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear things went well. Back to work. I mean, you can't really dwell on just what was an improbable, super exciting win at Arkansas, given everything you had to overcome, because now it's it's Kansas week. And so I guess my first question is, at what point do you make like the distinct mental transition to go from, okay, that was awesome to beat Arkansas, but now it's about Kansas? Yeah, I feel like once you get to Tuesday, um, it's full on Kansas mode. Uh, Monday, we still watch the film. Um, you know, we kind of talk about the game, have our our winners and our champions, and uh, the coaches still talk to us about you know what we did good and what we did bad. But once Tuesday hits, it's it's straight um, into the next game, and so you know we'll have a little bit more fun today um, and talk about the win a little bit more. But yeah, once tomorrow hits, it's it's full go watching Kansas film and um, just focusing on them. I ran into your parents at the Fayetteville airport in Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, not surprisingly, they've, uh, they've got some opinions about how things went. So how do you balance what dad Byron and even your mom say to you to go along with what the coaches say to you? Yeah. I mean, I got to, worry way more about what the coaches say than what my dad says. <laughs> but I do worry about what my mom says to me. My mom, uh, you know, I listen to her a little bit more sometimes than maybe my dad, but yeah, the coaches are number one, like whatever the coaches say goes, you know, I do, I play for this team, you know, I play for them. I play for the university. So for my teammates, so I care a lot more about, you know, what they have to say than maybe uh, my dad or my mom. <laughs> Isaac Rex with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did you view the film from your perspective for for the tight ends and for the offense? Like, what's what's the grade of the offense and, and the tight ends specifically against Arkansas? You know, I thought we played well. I feel like uh, Mason Fakahua and and Tava they they stepped in and played really well too. And 
they were called upon. Uh, it was just awesome to watch, you know, on, on that Parker Kingston touchdown, uh, Tava, you know, blowing up that corner on the edge. Um, and then I was able to get the safety and that's the plays you, you live for as a tight end, you know, when it's me and Tava, you know, we have a two V two and we're able to win those battles and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the stuff that we really care about. So uh, we'll look at the plays and um, the film a little bit more today, but you know, overall as a tight end group, there's stuff we could work on, but I feel like we, uh, you know, played well on Saturday. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that specific play because Isaac, you had a pan. It wasn't just a good block. It was a pancake block to get Parker there into the, the, the corner of the end zone. So uh, the tight ends did some, some real work when he scores and you tie the game at 31 to me, I, I said today on the show, like I felt like at that moment, BYU is going to win the game. Did you, did you feel the same way in that moment? Yeah. I mean, th- that game was full of momentum shifts, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I, I feel like someone said they went up 14 zero and then we scored 21 straight points and then they scored maybe 10 more points or, you know, something like that. It, it was a crazy game. And so we were down by 10, um, maybe going into the fourth, uh, or at least late into the third. And so, yeah, in a game like that, you, you never know what's going to happen. And so you just kind of got to play your game, you know, you got to keep grinding and uh, keep worrying about the next play instead of worrying about the overall uh, ending of the game probably. So, yeah, but that game, it was definitely awesome. And that was a huge momentum shift that we saw with Parker's touchdown your good friend and quarterback Caden Slovis is the first to be critical of his own performance and the offense's performance. And he says, you know, we left a lot of plays out there. We can be so much better. Where do you feel like specifically BYU's offense can be better right now before Kansas? Yeah, I feel like we had, you know, some kind of dumb penalties at times. You know, I feel like we kind of got to a slow start with them three, with some three and outs. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, there's always things you could look at throughout the game that um, you could do better on. uh, But the fact that we, you know, put up 38 points was crucial um, to be able to score that much in SEC territory uh, is really, you know, big. And we should have had even more, you know, that we could look back on and see, you know, where things went wrong or what happened. But, yeah, the way we responded and, no game's going to be perfect, but the way we, re- we responded was really crucial in that time. And I feel like the offense, you know, played well. And I think Keaton uh, played really well also. We spent some time talking about just the fan show out in Fayetteville. And we anticipate that a, a good portion of BFA fans are going to be in Kansas as well. What does that mean to you when you're on the road and you're in a hostile environment and you see like a distinct sliver of blue and they're loud like how do you take that as a player no it means so much as a player to know that you have so much support you know no matter where you go and so when I see all that blue and I see all the fans cheering louder than the the opposing team it's it's so cool to see and it's so cool to you know know how big BYU Nation is and how big Cougar Nation is Uh, we know that any game we're at will have a big fan presence and, you know, we could kind of get that home court advantage sometimes, even when you're out on a different, uh, different field. So Cougar Nation's the best. We can't thank them enough. And to yeah, see all those fans after the win was, was really awesome. 
Isaac Rex is on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar tight end, off to a very fast start through his first three games. Isaac, how would you rate your personal performance over the first three games? Uh, I feel like, you know, it's, it's been good. Um, you know, there's always things I could work on. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to build momentum, stay healthy and continue to work. Um, yeah, just help this team continue to win. And, you know, well, that's uh, my job on the team is to do whatever it takes for the team. So whatever they ask me to do, I'll do it. We'll finish with a couple of quick hitters here. How much do you know about Kansas before you've really dived into the film? What do you know about the Jayhawks? Oh, I know they have a lot of momentum right now. Um, I, they might be, are they undefeated also? They are three and three and oh. Yep. Um, so they've, you know, played some good teams. Um, they've been some good teams. They were really good last year. I know they beat Arkansas last year also in their bowl game. Uh, they have really good quarterback, really good defense. Um, and so, you know, Kansas has gotten some heat maybe for their pass play. Um, but right now, Kansas is a super good team and, you know, a, a definite um, big time player in the Big 12. And so we're excited to go there and have some good competition. All right. And final question. Last year, it was, you know, the rocking the baby touchdown celebration. Before that, it was a unique mixture of some nice dance steps. So Isaac, is is there a touchdown celebration that you're working on that we have not seen yet? Uh, there actually isn't. That was a, <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll dedicate it to, you know, my dad Hawaii game. Maybe I'll take off my helmet and, you know, uh, if it's a away game. So who knows? Maybe I'll, you know, dedicate it to my dad in that, in that situation. Uh, I love it. Hey, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, you're always a good sport to put up with us and to hang out with us. Congratulations on a great season for you thus far and for your team. Let's give you some karma for Kansas, and we'll see you again soon. Appreciate it, Spence. Thank you, guys. Isaac Rex, NFL hopeful, tight end for BYU, back on BYU Sports Nation. He was mentioning, you know, honoring his dad with a celebration. There are a few Byron celebrations that Isaac probably shouldn't try and emulate. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know at Hawaii. Wow. Good pull there. Hey. He's, he's pacing for some good numbers, Spence. He's having a great season I'd like far. to see his touchdowns go up. Uh, you know, if, if maybe if he's – Sprinting up the seam, he, he grabs that and he scores that touchdown. Um, it, but I'm not going to complain that much. It was a great catch. BYU punches it in. It's all good. He, he's a real threat for BYU. I'd love to see him even more of a threat. Because right now in the past game, BYU is not super consistently explosive. They're being explosive. But Isaac Rex, to me, is the key to them consistently doing that over the middle of the field. That's the Keaton Slovis thing. He finds the middle of the field better than we think Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall uh, did uh, certainly some room for improvement there. Yes. Yeah, and I'm with you that like on pace for 40 catches and over 700 yards, those are incredible numbers Fantastic. for a tight end, even uh, at BYU. Well, well, <laughs> you, you got you got to do a little more to to be in the top five there, but yes. But the eight, like I, I'm thinking, he's probably capable of closer to six to eight touchdowns. Yeah. You know, get in that space. He he is a red zone threat to uh, to a team. We expect a lot because he had 12 as a freshman. That was a different kind of year. You got Zach Wilson having one of the best BYU quarterback years ever. You got a different kind of schedule. If he can get half of that, six, I'm content. Hey, and those projections are through 12 games. BYU's going to play 13. BYU's going to play 13. 14 after the Big 12 oh title game. My. What? <laughs> what? Blue after further reviews tonight, 7.30 Eastern time. Blue hey, they're blue goggled with me. A lot of blue in this graphic. 
7.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as the guys recap the incredible win at Arkansas, preview the matchup with Kansas. Up next, in case you missed it, there's some brotherly love, or maybe lack thereof, this week in the BYU-Kansas football game. This is BYU Sports Nation. Quinton! We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Darius Lassiter, transfer from Eastern Michigan. A touchdown, his first in a BYU uniform. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B in Provo, Utah. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. What has Deion Sanders said? What's the phrase, Shep, that he's used the last couple of weeks with his team? It's personal. Yeah. For this game for Darius Lassiter, it is in fact personal because his brother is on the other side, and obviously his father has connections. I explored that yesterday after practice with the BYU receiver, Darius Lassiter. All right, you knew this was coming this week, right? That you would get a lot of interviews. How's it been so far? Uh, it's it's been it's been pretty chill. I, I had the one Monday, and then this is my actual second one, and then I got a couple when I go home. So, how many in uh, in total will you have by the end of today for the week? Uh, three. Uh, so one Monday and then three today. So right now four at the time. That's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad That's at all. Bad. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was more like twelve or something. <laughs> okay. Not to, no complaint. Okay. Growing up, what was Kansas football in your house? Was that a big deal since your dad played there? Yeah. Uh, you kind of go around. You see all the Kansas land years, and then the pictures of him at Kansas, and then uh, just his stuff just laying around. Uh, uh, jerseys, cleats, and all that. So it's kind of been a grain. We all had Kansas just jackets everywhere. So anytime you see us, we probably had a Kansas Jayhawks jacket on growing up. So it, it, it played a big role just because everybody knew that our dad played there and then they thought we was going to follow the footsteps. And two of your brothers have. So, so you're the unique one in that regard. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the the black sheep out of the family <laughs> right now. So. But you're still D1. Like the fact that you've had uh, two brothers play D1. Your dad played in the NFL. Uh, KJ's in the NFL, and uh, obviously uh, Quinton's at Kansas. You could actually line up against him because he's a defensive back. Yeah. Are you hoping that happens a bunch? Yeah, I, I'm definitely hoping that happens. Uh, I, I kind of been talking a little trash to him since <laughs> since I signed. So before I even knew I was coming, I said when I got the offer, I said, you know, it's a chance we could play each other, right? <laughs> and so I, I kind of want I want that matchup just just because I know I'm gonna get the best of him. And he's gonna get the best of me. So in the huddle, if you know he's on your side, are you telling Keaton, you're like, hey, over here? Yeah, I might give him a little wink, tell him check it or something <laughs> like that if it's a run play. But uh, pretty much I just, I just hope we get a, just get a call or something that goes that way. So just we can just see uh, between the two. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I don't know who my mom's going to cheer for for that, uh, for that rep. So uh, it's going to be a fun. Does she have like a half jacket, half hat, half shirt kind of deal? What's she gonna do? Uh, she uh, she kind of made a whole bunch of shirts with uh, with my football picture on it, and then his on the other side. So yeah, our family's you probably gonna see a lot of those around at the stadium Saturday. Does she know she's gonna get a ton of time on ESPN? Like th that's that's uh, TV gold right there. Uh, I don't think she knows, but she she might have a feeling that it's coming. <laughs> it's it's one of the better storylines in this game. Um, you you said Monday, hey. I'm not talking with my brother. You tweeted, hey, we ain't talking this week. Um, have you talked this week? Yeah, we talked Monday <laughs> right after I tweeted that, actually. Uh, we were on the phone for like 30 minutes just talking. Hey, you're brothers. Um, how tight are you guys? Um, 
we're out of all of us, I think that me and him are the closest. We're close with all of them, but just us growing up together, playing football uh, at every level together. And then we uh, live, we were roommates together at junior college. So I feel like me and him have been closest out of all of us. So people don't realize you came from, you know, you went to a junior college in Kansas, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you know kind of what Kansas football means. They have turned this thing around, man. Yeah. They were so bad for so long. Now they're super legit. And uh, they're a real threat. This is a big game uh, for BYU. What, what are your thoughts on kind of what Kansas has become the last two years? Yeah, just uh, my older brother, KJ, being there, uh, he, he didn't, they didn't have a lot of success as a team. And then, but they were going in the right directions. They would have close games, but they just couldn't pull it through at the end. And then when uh, Coach Lightpole came in there, he changed it around, changed the culture over there. Uh, I feel like people started to believe more. The fans started to believe more. And then you can, you can see the one column started to go up. They started 5-0 and last year. They've started 3-0 and this year. The offense is really explosive. Obviously, you're going up against their defense, which last year got shredded quite a bit, but these guys have 28 TFLs. Like, they can play. What are you guys talking about in terms of what the Jayhawk defense provides? Yeah, uh, they have experience. They have experience uh, defensive front and then the secondary. That whole secondary was there last year. So And then they have linebackers that was there last year. Team captains that's in the linebacker room. Um, a lot of experience. They have a first team all, all cornerback, big tough cornerback with Kobe Bryant. So it's a it's a lot of experience over there that uh, we're ready for. Uh, we just got to keep working until Saturday comes. Even if Kobe Bryant wasn't good, he'd still have street cred, right? Yeah, yeah. Just having just having just the name Kobe, just having the name Kobe Bryant. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the Seahawks corner who went to Cincinnati. So there's your other Big 12 connection. Yeah. All kinds of Kobe Bryant's. Um, in terms of this game and what it means to you, obviously with your brother, your dad played at Kansas, and he didn't just play in the Aloha Bowl in '92. He has 12 tackles. You just told me 11 solo. Help, help him out. And he had an interception. Like he had a great game. Yeah, uh, I actually didn't know that uh, they played each other in the Aloha Bowl until my mom came with me on my visit, and she seen it on the wall. It's just like your dad played in that game, and I was like. Wow, like small world. But yeah, it's, it's going to be big just the second time us playing and then his sons are playing in that game now. So uh, it's going to be great just just not for us two, but for the fans as well. Uh, they get to experience something like this. Your dad passed away tragically of a heart attack at age 49. You were, you were 18. Um, what does this game mean to you and what do you feel like um, it'll be like emotionally on Saturday? Uh, emotions might be high for a little bit, but uh, the thing about our dad, uh, he never wanted us to show our emotions. Uh, he wanted us to keep working. He was all about the work. Uh, how much work you put in, that's going to be the outcome. And at the end of the day, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So uh, we're going we're gonna to hug it out, talk it out. But once the whistle blows, it's, it's full go. It's a pregame. You have a moment with your brother? Yeah. Uh, yeah, most definitely. I'm going to look for him. Uh, just get us a little moment. And then after that, I might shove him to the ground or something like that. <laughs> you got to take a picture because this is, this is quite the moment. Uh, 31 years later, um, you know, you and your brother are playing in a game, and, and it's BYU's first game of the Big 12. Like, yeah. it is a significant game. This is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool just for me to be able to be in this position to be in big, uh, BYU's first Big 12 game, and then we're playing Kansas on top of that, uh, and, and just to just a rematch that they wanted from Aloha Bowl. So uh, just being here in this position is just a blessing, and I'm grateful to be here. What did your first touchdown feel like on that uh, screen where you went the distance? Uh, it, it was it was something uh, I wasn't expecting all the fans like that to get cheering. You kind of can see them as you're running down the sideline, but uh, your main focus is getting into the end zone. And then once I scored, just seeing them jumping around and excited, uh, that just turned me up a little bit more. This offense has had some real explosive moments. Consistency is being sought. The run game, you know, consistency in that as well. How close do you feel like the offense is to really cranking it up here? 
I feel like we're real close to just turning that switch. Uh, we know what we can really do as an offense. We know the past three weeks we haven't we haven't did a lot that we wanted to do. Uh, last week we had we didn't have that much yards, but we put up a lot of points. That's granted to our special teams putting us in great field position uh, when we got the ball back, and then having one one player two play drives. We had a couple of those, so uh, we're we're real close to being where we want to be. We're not there yet, but uh, everything has has a time on it. Yeah, 38 points on, uh, what, 281? That's yeah. pretty good. You guys are sixth in uh, points per yard, meaning you just get a bunch of yards yeah. on, on the scores, which is awesome. Well, enjoy Saturday. It's going to be fun. Hopefully you and your brother have a real memorable day, and uh, thanks for the time, Darius. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. 31 years ago, Kwame Lasseter could not have imagined that two of his sons would face off in this game, which is the second yeah. matchup ever, and a young Mark Jones called that game. He is on the call Saturday. How about that connection? The uh, the similarities between these two games is actually kind of freaky. It's you, almost weird. It is. Like Big 12 scheduling. It's, but it's cool that there are those added little storylines and yes. something for the Lassiter family. Like, what a great day totally. to be able to enjoy this moment and what this means. Like, it, it, means, it means things for the individual teams and with Darius and his brother individually, but as a family, what a really cool thing. And then to bring in your father, yep. you know, who played in the game originally in 92, yep. just, it's really cool. They, like, uh, like I said, they need to take a photo, and that needs to be up in their houses. Like, oh, absolutely. That, th this really cool moment. And at some point, I imagine Darius wanted to play for Kansas. Like, growing up, like you said, he had Kansas stuff in his house. and whatnot. So him, for him to face off against his brother, against Kansas, having played at least Juco at Butler yeah. Community College in Kansas, it's, it's going to be fun. There is the human side of yes. this, and that, that is what is coming out with the Lasseter storyline. Well, and I, and I think Darius on Monday during the general media, you know, was talking about the fact that he sort of wanted to blaze his own trail. And so mm. he's excited that he's doing this for, with BYU, that this was kind of his path that he needed to take. So I just I think it's cool. Yeah. It's it's one of those awesome storylines that adds to an already important it's already and, and eventful game. It's the first yeah. Big 12 game ever. That was enough. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> just that one. All right, the Big Stories podcast is dedicated to the incredible tales surrounding BYU's opponents. Cougar wide receiver Darius Lasser, as we mentioned, will face off against his adoptive brother Quinton in this week's game. Listen and find out more about their family bond by downloading the episode on the BYU Radio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. They're going to explore this story more than we just did. Puka Nakua continues to be in the news. The latest flattering article quotes on the rookie sensation. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and I guess Threads. If and you I still guess have it. Threads. Uh, welcome back. Do you even remember your login? Uh, to Studio B, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> He's Jason. Here are today's headlines. BYU football two days away from its first Big 12 conference game against the Kansas Jayhawks. Yesterday, wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator Festi Satake spoke to the media about where the passing game needs to improve. We got to get way better. Um, we got to be um, more efficient 
in the, in the passing game. Uh, we are struggling on third downs. Uh, I don't know where we rank, but our average third down distance is way too high, uh, which means we got to be way more efficient on first and second down in the passing game. Um, and so. Uh, we, we got some things to clean up. There's been a lot of good things. There's been good plays made. Guys are starting to get comfortable with the offense. Um, but we, we definitely got some strides we, we need to make on that. Pre-game coverage on Saturday beginning on both BYU TV and BYU Radio at 1.30 Eastern Time. I heard the BYU Radio host is uh, super good looking. Uh, that's just the word on the My screen. wife would agree. <laughs> nice. By the way, uh, I heard someone else, that's great. great. <laughs> Third down percentage for BYU, 30%. That is uh, like 10th worst in the country. It's not good, as Fessy mentioned. Fred Warner and the Niners play the Giants on Thursday Night Football tonight. That's going to be a fun one. We'll see if the Giants can score more than 10 points, which they have not done through the first two weeks. In the Battle of the Cougars, number 10 BYU Women's Volleyball swept number 20 Houston last night behind a big performance of 12 kills and four blocks from Aaron Livingston that included her 1,000th yeah. career kill. Up next for the Blue Cougars, that is Saturday at home against Baylor. You can watch it on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus at 3 Eastern. Speaking of Baylor, number six women's soccer is in Waco tonight to take on the Bears in their second Big 12 game of the season. BYU, of course, tied TCU last week. 8 Eastern tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus. Updated cross-country rankings came out earlier this week. The men, they stayed put at number three. The women moved up a spot to number six hey. in the latest USTF CCCA poll. Four teams in the top ten right now on campus. That is awesome. We'll take it. Men's basketball's Fusini Traude has been named one of the top 100 players in the nation by the Almanac. Are you an Almanac or Almanac guy? Which Almanac is this from? The Almanac well from done. the Ohio State. What? Yeah, okay. And former BYU women's soccer player Nadia Gomsch got called up to the Portugal women's national team for the 2023 UEFA Women's Nations League. Thank you for saying Gomsch. That's how she would pronounce it. You're in, welcome. In Portuguese. <laughs> in Portugal. Let's go. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Good Whip Around is presented by Marisk, e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, a cool article written about Puka, and by that I mean Puka Nakua, just in case you were wondering. Oh, that Puka. Yes, on ESPN. Aaron Roderick was quoted as saying, quote, I thought that he would be a great pro, and I thought that everybody that passed on him would regret it, and looks like I'm right, end quote. Was he right? Through two weeks, he's been arguably the best receiver in the game. Uh, I mean, he's he's with the likes of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and like, it has been so fun to watch what he's done. Puka's been better than even we thought, I think. For those who were like, yes, I knew he'd do this. No, you didn't. You didn't think he'd have 25 catches in two games yeah. and set all these records? Like, Puka has been so good. It's been so fun to watch. The only fun thing that wasn't fun to watch was the Seahawks losing to said Puka Nakua. Yeah. But I was really happy for Puka and what he's been able to do. Yeah, he's right. Look, fifth round pick and the last pick of the fifth round. He goes to a team that is offensive minded. Cooper Cup can't play yep. and right away he's the go-to guy and there's a lot of GMs going man I wish we would have taken our fl a flyer on him way earlier. Hey Brigham producing them skill position players right now man let's go. Yahoo Sports Ross Dellinger reports Oregon State and Washington State have met with the Mountain West the idea of a two conference relegation model it's one of the many options in the exploratory stage would you want to see a relegation model between two leagues in FBS? Look, I guess the idea is kind of cool because then you do have to fight to stay in it. Like there's there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more on the line. But I mean, 
it's it's fine. I don't think it will ever happen. So I, I, do I like it? I like the idea, but I just it's never gonna happen. It's good uh, fodder for a uh, talk show on a Thursday yeah. morning. It's that's, cool that's creativity. How about that? Yeah, it, obviously, uh, you know, in, in reference to European soccer and whatnot, um, there is going to be some relegation in uh, USL soccer. That's kind of the minor leagues of soccer, if you will. It sounds like, uh, but yeah, I don't think it'll actually happen. But the idea is fun. But also, like, how many teams are in the Mountain West slash Pack Two that you like? Do you have enough teams to really if do this? this? What are we talking about? If this happened in a P5 conference, maybe it does right. mean something. But what's that contract like with the TV deal from the new league that's yeah. the Mountain West Plus anyway? Like, So I want to hear some more of the details because it doesn't make a lot of sense right now. All right, Coach Prime is playing the Oregon fight song at Colorado's practices all week long. So should BYU be playing the Kansas fight song during practice? Well, first off, ESPN sent out a tweet and said, this is you know the, the little details of what makes Coach Prime special. Every college football team does this. Um, you know, going into Arkansas, BYU played super loud noise out of speakers that were like 10 feet away to simulate the crowd noise that the players might have to play in. It's not unique, it's not special. Everyone's been doing it. Um, no, BYU does not need to play the Kansas fight song, and frankly, I don't even think they need to play Loud Noise this week. Because yes, Kansas fans will get after it, but it's not going to be like what they had at Arkansas and what they'll have at Texas. No, what they should actually be playing is music from... From the, Kansas. The super rock group, Kansas. Yes! Look, Carry On My Wayward Son. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Dust in the Wind. Dust in the Wind. Classics. Yes, Let's that's go. what they should be playing. Name a third song, anybody. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Is that the name? <laughs> no. Cap I'm just kidding. Captain Captain Butter is back at it again, completing uh, his Beat Kansas flight path. Originally said he uh, didn't have the budget to do it. He, he did it, so let's go. Is this the secret to BYU's football success? And how do we know this wasn't just the AR taken off from last week? Jerome, let me ask you a question. Thank you. What's BYU's record right now? It is Trace and Zeto. Uh, so yeah, this is important. This is the secret. BYU Even can't, if it's not, he can't stop at this point now. He can't stop now. BYU's not running the ball. It don't matter because we got Captain Butter <laughs> up in Washington doing yeah. work. I, yeah, we do need this every week now because it is it is the – I would argue it's the best thing about BYU football at the moment, I'm like just, outside of the actual game. I am amazed at how pinpoint accurate – Can we see it again? It is unbelievable. The, the, like, the pattern is – It's so good. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Why? Are you serious? And I'm glad, I couldn't even draw that. I'm I glad even that he that went that away from the joke earlier in the week that he just X'd out the A and the R and no, said he's I not going to do it. No, I thought that was great. No, I like that. Yeah. I, I'm glad that that's not how it ended up playing out because he, at this point he can't stop doing it. Okay, this and this is from uh, Flight Radar. Uh, this is not from Captain Butter, right? So other people are catching on like, oh, we noticed this. We need to get Captain Butter on during the flight. I think that's our... Uh, we need a live stream on ES Big 12 now on ESPN+. <laughs> Coming up, former BYU player, former BYU radio sideline reporter, and current Kansas professor. Read the syllabus already. Nate Mickle is going to tell us about the Jayhawks and the Cougs in the matchup this week. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. 
It's time for Mailbag Monday. You ask questions, we answer them. Our elite question of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from BYU Jason on X, who says, was Chase Roberts' catch the best BYU catch of all time? Clay Brown, Miracle Bowl is the greatest. That's the number one. Yeah. But where does Chase, in terms of just an amazing catch, Maybe, maybe that's Top 5 Tuesday tomorrow. Maybe we should discuss that tomorrow. Yeah. All right, today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official country of BYU Athletics. You were there. You saw them. All the BYU fans showed up to the game, did a tremendous job of being loud, being proud, and looked great in royal blue. Well done, Cougar Nation. Showed out, baby. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast Every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.